0: The following episode of Rotten or Righteous deals with some mature themes and is not suitable for children. The documentary we're discussing today may contain strong language and subject matter that the hosts of this show do not endorse or recommend. Listener discretion is advised.
1: But You and your wife need to watch Little House on a Prairie, spend time together, watch it
0: when when do you propose that we... Never mind. I'm not going to get into the details uh, you know what, of my that, personal that kid, life. Let
1: your kids watch it. That your kids Have you guys watch ever wished
0: too. that Scott was, was a poofer? That he would just disappear oh. and go to Zion one day? Because I do. Hello and welcome back to Rotten Righteous.
1: <laughs> are we no longer or- sick? <laughs> <laughs> we are now, that might be more applicable to define us, we are the Rotten Righteous. We
0: were righteous, but we have rotted along the way. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Rotten or Righteous, the only podcast that has been consigned to the ash heap of history. With me today, as always, like the other way. is my good friend and second husband, twice removed, Scott Judge.
1: Keep sweet, baby. Keep sweet.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, today's been a day. Scott, it's been a day and a half. I am.
1: Today's been a day and a half.
0: I'm more spit up than man at this point. I've had to change uh-huh. my shirt three times. I'm out of shirts that fit me. Like right now I'm in like a child small. I when I stand up I look like Winnie the Pooh because I just ran out of clean shirts. Um my wife went back yeah, yeah, to work. Back
1: in, back in my day the half shirts were in. Right. They were they made they made the half shirts, so you didn't necessarily have to be fat to, to wear one. You know, you know what yeah, I'm but, saying. You could actually But buy when
0: But when a man wore a half shirt back in the day, it was still it didn't look like a female halter top. So, um <laughs> there's still a little uh, bit of a looseness around the chest. But yeah. my wife went back from maternity leave today and um
1: How was your day, Zach?
0: It was it was a day. It was a day. I was so spoiled with my first kid. I love my second kid. He's awesome, but he is a difficult Difficult, baby. Sometimes he's just much more needy than my first child. And when he won't let you set him down for five minutes, then you are consigned to watch Spongebob for eight hours to to keep the five year old happy and entertained while you try to uh, keep the other one alive. And it just is a difficult time.
1: Mm, You want to know where my
0: where my mental state is right now? Uh, Sunday night, uh, Kelsey was out of town. Uh, with the boys. But I was still tired. And so I, I swung through a, a McDonald's drive through on the way home. And uh, I gave the cashier my card when I got up to the window. And she goes, uh, sir, this isn't working. And I said, well, try it again. It should be working. I, I know I have money. And she goes, sir, this is a Taco Bell gift card.
1: <laughs> I, can't, I can't see the problem, ma'am. <laughs> Just what run is- it.
0: I just handed her a Taco Bell gift card instead of my debit card. And I was like, and then I was so, I was embarrassed because I was arguing with her. Like, I was being rude about it. I was like, I know that this works. I've, I've got enough money for this Big Mac. I I know at the very least I have enough money for a Big Mac. I'm kind of going to pivot again after three weeks. Right. We said true uh-huh. crime for my wife. And I'm not saying that I don't want to do true crime because it does fascinate me. But I'm also telling you that that some of these true crime stories are draining. You yeah, were joking like before, the one
1: we're doing right now?
0: Yeah. That, yeah. You were joking before we went on air where you said we need to do something lighter, like like do a documentary on Dahmer and Dahmer, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with you, but uh I think there's a lot of good documentaries, and not all of them are it's horrid. Or keep you up at night crying into your pillow thinking that all hope of humanity is lost uh, kind of content. So, we need to come up with a a subtitle for our show that deals with documentaries. Not just true crime, but just all documentaries. Because I'm not kidding. Next week, we're doing a documentary on how cats think. Because I need a break. I I need
1: something
0: stupid to rinse my brain
1: out. You know, we really we should just title the show "We're Better Than Nothing," because I mean, th- there's truth in that. We are better than nothing, but th- not much better. So it's accurate for whatever we do.
0: I mean, you, yeah, we could just call our show. It could be silence.
1: It could be silence. <laughs> so if you're into that kind of thing, turn us off.
0: I don't know. I'm so tired.
1: (laughs) You're not in the mood for this at all. (laughs)
0: I'm so tired.
1: You look tired, man. You look tired.
0: I feel tired. The best I could come come up with was Document Idiots, but. uh,
1: Document Idiots? (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: it, it is good. I mean, it, it is, is good. But there's,
0: I mean, yeah, it, it's good. But I don't want to have to say that every time.
1: Well, because, you know, and, and shame on me because I thought wrong at first. But it's idiots. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I thought to the pure, all things are pure, and I lost my purity for a moment.
0: Yeah, you lost your purity a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my purity about three weeks ago.
1: You lost I'm findin- your sleep.
0: No, nah, I'm, I'm finding it real hard to uh, to love my enemies. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying.
1: Of which you have many.
0: No. Right now, my biggest enemy is named Warren Jeffs.
1: Mm. Okay. See, and here, here's... The thing. We'll get into it a little bit this night. I should just shut up. But even the punishment he's serving, to me, it's not... It, it's,
0: it's not right. It I mean, isn't worse. he... Isn't he sentenced to, like, Two back-to-back life sentences without a chance for parole?
1: Yeah, two or ten or something. I mean, he's never getting out of prison. And to me, it's just...
0: Man, I hope I enough. personally hope that that piece of land that's not going to get caught in the fire and get lifted up to heaven, I hope that's in the prison.
1: Yeah.
0: Or else God's prophet's going to burn with the rest of the world.
1: You know, ten life sentences, no chance for parole, and castration, I could be, okay... That would that would be fair.
0: I think he should wear a shirt that lists his crimes on it. Yeah. And be forced to walk through the prison yard
1: every to day. To the yard every day.
0: I feel like going on a little trip to El Dorado, Texas. Here we you go. Know, I- We're
1: here. <laughs> Howdy. Hi, Farmer John. Um, I've always loved the movie El Dorado with John Wayne.
0: Who's John Wayne? You keep bringing him
1: up. See, if John... If John Wayne was the marshal in El Dorado, this kind of stuff wouldn't be going on down there.
0: Listen, let me tell you something about El Dorado, okay? It's an old Texas town with an old Texas newspaper whose editor, reporter, and writer is an old Texas man named Randy Mankin. Or as I will be referring to him throughout the rest of this episode, Newspaper Randy.
1: Newspaper Randy. Uh, He and local... Hmm? They'd seen the worst crime they ever had
0: in 2003 because a bus crashed there and somebody murdered someone. Newspaper Randy and local pilot J.D. Doyle are the first to notice that something big is being built four miles north of El Dorado. Mankin receives an anonymous phone call which tells him that the builders are none other than the FLDS, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He learns all about Warren Jeffs, about his polygamy, and he has the best quote in this entire documentary so far, just two minutes and 33 seconds into the the episode, where he says, I hear about all this stuff about polygamy, things that I had thought had been consigned to the ash heap of history. I mean, calm down, newspaper, Randy. You need to calm down. (laughs)
1: You were wrong newspaper Randy. you were wrong. Well,
0: not only that, but that's just just say I, I didn't know these people still practice this stuff. you don't have to go all you don't have to go all poetic on me.
1: hey he, he's an, he's a newspaper man he's he's got a he's got a wax poetic. He's
0: a newspaper man in a town where the fact they have a newspaper is shocking. Okay. <laughs> then we are taken back to Short Creek. A thousand miles from El Dorado, 2002. The mayor of Short Creek at the time, Dan Barlow, is being interviewed by reporters. And he is vehement in his interview that no woman under the legal age had been married off within the town limits. That's right, Scott. No girl younger than 16 has been forced to marry anyone in Short Creek.
1: were you ready to hear that? Because the guy said, what 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 age is that? And I'm thinking, it's going to be 18. Nope. It's not going to, no. Age of, 16.
0: Con- age of consent is 16 in most states. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just telling you that's the age of consent. I know. At a different news conference, Terry Goddard, U.S. attorney, is being asked if he believes Warren Jeffs is guilty of criminal wrongdoing. He essentially says, legally, I cannot say that I think that there's been criminal wrongdoing, but yeah, I totally think that Warren Jeffs is guilty of criminal wrongdoing. <laughs> the heat is rising, and Jeffs knows he's in the midst of the flames. Mm-hmm. And so he goes into hiding, only popping up to perform the occasional underage marriage or to traffic an underage bride here and there. Then Mike Watkins comes back also known as My Favorite Journalist, and he lets us know that everyone knew that Warren Jeffs was guilty. Everyone knew that Warren Jeffs was guilty. However, but it it was going to be really hard to build a case against Warren because, well, the women didn't want to testify against him. In most cases, if a woman came forward out of the FLDS community to testify against Warren Jeffs, it would mean implicating their fathers, their brothers, and their spiritual leader in sex crimes.
1: Their, sis- their sister mothers, their brother uncles, right? their cousin nephews.
0: So the heat's on on Warren. Meanwhile, Lisa Wall's been married to her first cousin for a few years now and is still living through near constant physical, psychological, and sexual abuse. This is really rough, and if you want to skip forward 15, 20 seconds, I don't blame you. She had suffered a few miscarriages at this point, and she's been led to believe that they were signs that God didn't think that she was a good mother. And for three years, she went asking Warren for help. But one day, Warren was gone, and he was gone the majority of, majority of the time. He just kind of disappeared and left all these people in the lurch. No one in Short Creek knew where Warren Jeffs went. They don't know how long he would be gone, when he would come back, and things began to get very tense in the community. Secret police began to do random home checks to make sure people were paying the right reverence to Warren, which included making sure that they had his portrait hung on their wall. Security cameras began to pop up on the streets around Short Creek and in the church building. Everyone's activities were constantly being monitored and recorded. And lifelong members of the FLDS church began to doubt whether or not Warren Jeffs was really the prophet. I do not know why it took these people this long to wake up. I don't. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And, and Warren Jeff's all along is is just simply preaching and graining, brainwashing, you gotta do this if you wanna go to heaven. Right. You gotta do this if you want to go to heaven.
0: January tenth, two thousand and four was a big day in the timeline. Warren Jeff shows up in Short Creek for the first time in months, and he walks to the front of a Saturday meeting and he tells the entire FLDS congregation that was there, around thirty five hundred people that they were living in a, quote, benevolent dictatorship. He then began to read off a list of names, four of which were his own brothers. The rest were leading figures in the community. Basically, any person that could have challenged Warren's power and position were on this list. He then told the entire congregation that the men that he just named were master deceivers that were trying to wrestle control of the church. Warren Jeffs told these men to pack up and leave town immediately. He declared that they were out of the church and told them to have their wives and children report to him for reassignment to be given to new husbands. Warren didn't even let these men say goodbye to their kids. And I know what you're thinking. Well, good, because they're, you know, pedophiles and whatnot. Not all of them were. <clears throat> Some of them truly believed that they were living righteous lives. I know that sounds weird for us on the outside looking in, but these people, most of these men, had been doing their best to live righteously their entire lives. And in an instant, the people they care about the most, their wife, and children are ripped from them, and my heart breaks for some of these guys. It really does,
1: because mm-hmm. they were trying to do what was right without the knowledge of some of the deeper rooted evil that was going on.
0: Right, and just because Warren didn't like them or was threatened by them, they had their families taken away from them. I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what these men were going through. Now. The audience was shocked. Basically, you could have heard a mouse fart in that church building. But in the end, the mass majority of the congregation agreed with Warren Jeffs' decision and his decree. Why? Because they were afraid that if they didn't, then, well, their names would be the next to be read by Warren Jeffs. That they would be the next to be kicked out. That their wives and children be the next to be given to new husbands.
1: And if you are, you can't go to heaven, according to him. And right. then, where do you go? You've you, got nowhere to go.
0: They've already—they already said in an earlier episode that those who didn't don't make it to heaven just just break down on a molecular level and disappear into nothingness. Mm-hmm. So, with this decree, like we said, he tore families apart in an instant. Kids and wives turned against their fathers turned against their husbands, because Warren Jeffs told them, and they believed Warren Jeffs was the prophet of God, mind you, that their husbands were apostates, the worst of the worst. And 21 influential men within the congregation, who again weren't behind all the, the, I don't want to say they weren't behind the evil, because certainly they perpetrated polygamy and things like that, but they they weren't doing it maliciously, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: And through his manipulation, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is when, because he asked he asked for the support of the ones that were left, the thirty-four hundred nine hundred and seventy-five or whatever, if you believe this is the word of God, raise your hand.
0: Yeah. The wives of the men who were kicked out were then told to burn all pictures of their former husbands, and they were forbidden to even mention their name to their children. And if they didn't obey... Then the wives would not be allowed to enter Zion. Oh boy!
1: Mm-hmm, <laughs> I, I'm I just, I, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because of the stupidity.
0: Well, listen, Zion. What is Zion? It's a synonym for Jerusalem. Um, in Revelation, it's used to symbolize heaven. You know, the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's what the, the FLDS people were taught in some sense back when Rulon was the, was the prophet and whatnot before Warren came onto the scene. But one day Warren told the congregation that Zion was actually a real place on Earth. And suddenly people in the community started disappearing. They were called poofers. Because, poof, poof. Because poof, they'd be gone. And Warren would take them to Zion. It became obvious pretty pretty quickly that Warren was only taking his favorites, which encouraged people to act more righteously and more loyally to Warren because you had to get to Zion, which was in Texas.
1: Yeah, you got to get to Zion if you want to get to Zion. I'm yearning for Zion. No, stop it. Beautiful, stop beautiful it. Stop, stop it. Stop
0: it. Okay, I'm done. Uh, we're back in El Dorado, Texas. And right away, the locals noticed how standoffish the FLDS were. They rarely came into town, and when they did come to town, it was mostly men who was doing the shopping. They noticed that whenever they did see a girl, she was dressed, quote, like Laura (laughs) Ingalls.
1: Yes, quote, unquote. Straight out of the Keep Sweet documentary.
0: Now, I don't know who Laura Ingalls is, I'm going to be honest.
1: No, stop it! I don't. Yes, is you she,
0: do. Is she an American writer? Because I looked yes. up Laura Ingalls. That's who you. That's who they were referring to.
1: Yeah, you know, Little House on the Prairie.
0: I, I didn't know who wrote it. Came out in 1935. Yeah. Scott
1: Laura Ingalls Wilder, half pint, Charles and Carolyn's daughter.
0: I don't. I don't care. I really don't care about this. But it's a funny joke now that I know what she looks like because it's, it's well, right. Up.
1: Have, have you have you watched Little House on the Prairie?
0: No, I haven't. You've I...
1: you've not even seen one episode. Nope. Oh my!
0: And the only time I ever watch Gunsmoke is when the dentist forces me to watch it because that's all that's on.
1: You really need to watch.
0: I was I was almost Little all the House. way through my t- through my thirties when I finally understood the references made in the song "Should Have Been a Cowboy." Yeah. I never understood who Marshall Dillon was, or why he was telling Miss Kitty, do you want to run away and settle down and marry me, if I asked you twice and begged you pretty please. Turns out Miss Kitty would have said yes in a New York minute, but they never tied the knot. His heart wasn't in it.
1: But he stole a kiss as he rode away.
0: And he never settled down out at Kitty's place. I had no idea that was Gunsmoke, until I was like 27 years old.
1: Zach, for six years, I have literally wondered, what is wrong with him? And now I know. You've never watched Little House on the Prairie. I don't want to. It explains so much. I don't want to watch it. I want to watch Big House <sighs> in the City. It'll it'll change your life. Really exactly.
0: don't you're not going to you're not going to comment on that. I thought that was a pretty good joke. Big House in the City instead just, of Little House on the Prairie.
1: Little House on the Prairie. I'm just listen. I want to watch I want to watch we're,
0: we're, I want to watch Classic Ranch in in Town.
1: We're doing this. <laughs> So your wife will listen to the podcast. We're not watching Little I'm telling House. You
0: now. No, 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 YouTube no. You too need to watch no. Little House on the Prairie. I, I will quit. I will, I will never do this show again.
1: You want to. Well, not, I'm not saying that we watch it and do it on the podcast. But you and your wife need to watch Little House on the Prairie. Spend time together. Watch it.
0: When, when do you propose that we... Never mind. I'm not going to get into the details uh, you know what, of my Lone, personal let kid, life. Let
1: your kids watch it. Let your Have kids you guys watch ever wished
0: too. that Scott was, was a poofer? That he would just disappear oh. and go to Zion one day? Because I do.
1: Listen. Listen. When Charles fell out of that tree and broke oh his ribs, and, and, and Laura and Sweet Pea went to finish the job in there at the meal, stacking the grain, and the whole town came together to help him so they could get the oxen back, I'm telling you right now, Zach, it'll change your life.
0: Yeah, but I heard the ending sucked because the whole thing took place inside of an autistic kid's snow globe. What? I'm just kidding. That was a reference to Saint Elmo's fire. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, watch at least one episode. Now listen,
0: no, because the last season when they won the lottery and Dan died, and and when they won the lottery was all just a book that Roseanne was writing, and Dan really died of a heart attack. Okay, I get it. I don't want to watch it. Um, anyways.
1: We need peer pressure, dear listener.
0: You can peer pressure me all you want. I've no. I don't want to watch Little House on the Prairie. I don't want to. I don't.
1: You know how when you're younger, and sometimes those older than you tell you what it what would be good for you. Little House on the Prairie would be good for you.
0: Are you done? (laughs) Because I'm done talking about it. I am I am
1: a hundred percent done talking about it. I'm not. <sighs> I'm saddened tonight. I am now saddened. That's what American. made you
0: saddened. Not this episode. I just,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I was down the dumps with this episode, but now that you've never seen Little House on the Prairie,
0: okay. I'm I'm done talking about it now. The property the they website. bought. Okay, no. The property they bought in Texas. But the FLDS bought in Texas was ran like a compound under lock and key. and Under constant supervision. And it was given the stupid name, the YFZ Ranch. The Yearning for Zion Ranch. Now hold on a second, because I thought this ranch was Zion, Warren. So how are you going to be yearning for Zion if you're at Zion? You dummy. You big dumb idiot. You big stupid pedophilic dumb idiot.
1: Zion you creepy pervert stupid Zion. dumb idiot.
0: Uh, then we're introduced to, to Lola Barlow, a uh, former YFZ. Re- Re- I hate that name. A former YFZ resident who tells us it was it was like winning the fundamentalist Mormon lottery when you were picked to go to Zion. It was like <laughs> almost getting a first class ticket to heaven. I know you probably don't remember Meryl Jessup. But he was an old creepy pervert back in Short Creek, and now he's an old creepy pervert that was made bishop of the ranch. But Warren Jeffs was the final authority there. Those Mm -hmm. who were there were the brainwashed of the brainwashed. Those who believed wholeheartedly that Warren was the greatest authority on earth. Not the U.S. government, not the Book of Mormon, not the Bible, but Warren Jeffs.
1: Yes, he is God on earth. Quote, unquote, not according to me, but of those, many of those that followed him.
0: All right. And before long, the ranch began farming, becoming self-sufficient. And as usual, the women were given stupid rules that they had to follow, like they had to dress in pastel, which is fine. Pastel's fine, whatever. But uh, they had to sort potatoes. They had to milk goats. And some of them even had to dig up cactus, which Warren declared was an accursed plant. They really rushed past that fact. But I would—I wish that they spent a whole episode explaining why Warren Jeff believed the cactus was an accursed plant. Mm-hmm. Did he, like, mm-hmm. sit on a cactus one time? And he was like, ow, my butt. <laughs> my butt got poked by a cactus. These things accursed. That's how I imagine
1: and it you sounds. saw the pile. I mean, they were everywhere.
0: Well, I know, but still, accursed? Accursed. Accursed.
1: The accursed cactus. plant.
0: Now, essentially the ranch was a grooming boarding school for young girls to prepare them to be married off to creepy old pedophiles. They were told that they were more mature than the Gentile women, those not in the FLDS. So, at 14, they were totally ready to be married. or so they were taught. Lola literally says that being married at 14 was not seen as a big deal. Now, the citizens of El Dorado were kind of split when it came to how to deal with the FLDS, because some were disgusted of the rumors of of underage marriage and, and nervous about the secretive nature of their of the church, and others felt like they should just be left alone. Now, where would you fall on this, Scott? Because yeah, obviously I'd hear rumors and things that would you know uh, you know get my dander up a little bit. mm Hmm. But. Would I be one speaking out against it, or would I be like, you know, it's just a weird religion, man. We're in America, freedom religion, whatnot, leave alone. And before you answer, yeah, I hear weird things about the Amish all the time. And yet, not one time when I was living in southern Ohio did I pass an Amish guy on the street going, oh, we should get rid of those
1: barn raisers." Are the Amish marrying their girls as young as 14?
0: No, I'm not saying, I'm not accusing the Amish of that. If there are any Amish listening to this podcast, how?
1: (laughs) For starters, how?
0: (laughs) (sighs) No, I'm not going to put that evil on Amish, but I've definitely heard different. I I hear more uh, rumors of
1: incest than. Underage marriage. and in yeah, pedophilia. I can tell you right now, I would not be on the side of, well, that's that's their lifestyle. That's who they are. That's what they do. Just leave them alone and let them be. There's no way I would do that. And the problem, the problem is, how do you go in to investigate? You don't. Because it is all rumors.
0: But listen here, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the town was split, half saying live and let live, and the other half saying no. Because we have a tiebreaker. And that tiebreaker was Newspaper Randy, who says, quote, As the father of a daughter, I can promise you, I I wasn't going to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Go, Newspaper Randy.
1: Newspaper Randy.
0: Four months, Newspaper Randy and his newspaper were the only... <laughs> Media source in Texas paying any attention to the FLDS and the YFZ ranch. That is until Warren did the stupidest thing that he has done so far. And that is construct this massive temple in the middle of the ranch. Mm -hmm. And why is that dumb? Because if you're trying to lay low so you can have your little pedophilic congregation... And you're successfully keeping people out of your compound, and they just see little log cabins and stuff being built. You don't build a giant white temple in the middle of nowhere, so planes and helicopters can fly over and go, "Huh what? <laughs> what? that's there's something going on down there. you big that's, dummy that's a little that's a little big, isn't it? You big, big dummy. If he would have just built you know just kept it with his small little, little cabins that he was building, he would have been fine. But no, Warren Jeffs built this giant white temple in the middle of the desert, complete with the greenest lawn you ever did see. In the middle of sun-dried, parched yellow desert, you have just this lush green oasis surrounding a pure white building. Basically, it was a target to... You know why? Why? It's, it's, it's Zion, Zion. Zion Zach. No, it's but what, Zion. what he basically created was a green and white target for any passing plane or helicopter to, to look down and go, hmm, wonder what that is. Yeah. So, with the temple going up, the ranch became a national story as people wanted to know what in the world was happening there. Meanwhile, back in Short Creek, investigators are desperately trying to build a case against Warren. They couldn't even get enough Evidence, even though everybody knew that Warren was doing disgusting things, they couldn't get enough evidence to even get a search warrant for the YFZ ranch. Without a witness willing to come forward, it was going to be impossible to indict Warren on anything. Then we got Elisa Wall finally coming to her senses in 2005. She finally realized that no one was going to help her escape her abusive husband, her terrible life, except her. And her one night.
1: Husband. And one night,
0: Elisa had a flat tire, but was rescued by a local man named Lamont. And they became friends, and they were hanging out. Then one day, Elisa's called into the acting bishop's office, and Warren's on the phone, and her husband was there in person with a picture that somebody took of Elisa talking to Lamont. It was then that Warren accused Elisa of committing an unforgivable and cardinal sin. Adultery. And then praised her husband for being such a good and faithful religious leader of the household. Again, Warren condemned Elisa for talking to another dude. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about committing adultery. We're talking about having a friend who's the opposite sex.
1: Did not kiss, did not. While her first cousin...
0: While her first cousin, wife-beaten, rapist, pedophilic husband was praised by Warren Jeff while his victim of a wife was scolded. Elisa snapped.
1: As she should have.
0: Yeah. When Elisa left that meeting, she walked out of the church. She called Lamont, and the two of them ran off into a new, non-Warren Jeff-centered life. And she was trying to move on from her past when her sister, Rebecca Wall, called to encourage Elisa to go to the authorities and report what she went through. Now you're saying did didn't talk about Rebecca last week, how she was, mm-hmm. how she was uh, married off, how she was there, and then she she escaped. Yes, but a Re- Rebecca was 18, 19 years old when she was married off. Elisa mm-hmm. was 14,
1: which is 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 wrong as polygamy is. I don't know that they're per- they are prosecuting that a whole lot. But Mm -hmm. underage, marriage.
0: Look, I'm not trying to justify one sin over another.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no. But it's because she was underage.
0: But but I'll say this, you know, I don't agree with it. But if somebody's living in sin, but that sin doesn't directly affect somebody else or hurt someone else. I'm not going to go and bang down their door or, you know, demand that the law does something to stop them. I'll preach to them and I'll try to get them to change. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. But the law that protects me and gives me freedom of religion and freedom of speech also gives those people freedom to to make sinful mistakes. Mm -hmm. The difference Mm -hmm. between polygamy and what was happening in the FLDS is that the FLDS was trafficking little girls and making them brides.
1: And if 16 is your magic number under the age of 16, because Elisa was 14 when she got married. Right. So Excuse me, excuse me. Was 14 when she got forced to get yes. married.
0: As she was sobbing uncontrollably at the altar, as Warren Jeffs made her say, I do. So Elisa Wall became the key in bringing Warren Jeffs down. And she did this because she still had two little sisters in the FLDS church that were younger than 14. And she mm-hmm. didn't want them to have to go through the pain that she suffered. So she went forward and talked to the authorities. And they were able to build a case against Jeff's. Basically, they were accusing him of being an accomplice to rape. But there's a problem. They had enough to be able to indict him, but they couldn't find him. Warren had fled and nobody knew where he was. And they don't do a good job of explaining what happens next because what happens next is the FBI kind of swoops in and is like, hey, guys. Here, you're trying to get Warren Jeffs. Uh, you mind if we pop him on our, our top 10 most wanted list? And people are like, yeah. yeah that'd be that'd, great. That'd be great. I'm not sure how that worked out. I don't think the FBI just is like, hey, heard you're trying to find a rapist. Let's put him up there with Osama bin Laden. Mm-hmm. But they Which, did. Which,
1: when Osama bin Laden was announced on the, most Ten, uh, the 10 most wanted, uh, I think it said on Larry King Live, Larry King said that was the same day that Warren Jeffs was.
0: Now, it wasn't the same day, but he was on the list at the oh. same time.
1: At the same time. Right.
0: Still, Warren had basically unlimited resources and a strong congregation of people who believed that he was innocent and willing to hide him. And finding him wasn't easy. And later we learned that Warren was basically taunting the authorities the entire way. He was living his best life while on the lam. Here's just a few things that he was doing while he was on the FBI's Top Ten Most Wanted. He was going to Disney World. Oh, by the way, he was bringing his favorite wives along with him for all of this. Mm-hmm. Took him to Disney World. They were hitting Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras. Grossest thing they did? They were going to Las Vegas, where he and his wife spent their time watching porn in their hotel rooms. He was also riding a Harley, visiting the White House, and going to NFL games. This was the straw that broke my... I, I-, I detested the guy this entire time. Mm-hmm. But this was the straw that finally took my ire towards Warren Jeffs to a whole new level. Because it is one thing to teach false doctrine to people, even false doctrine that is terrible, if you truly believe it. Warren Jeffs was raised in the FLDS church his whole life. So if he truly believed he was doing something that was right, or truly believing that he was hearing voices, he's still a terrible person. It probably schizophrenic, but you can place the blame a little bit on his his parents. But him going to Disney World and going to Vegas Mm -hmm. with his favorite wives and riding Harleys and visiting the White House and going to NFL games, it shows us that he knew. He knew that what he was doing had nothing to do with religion. That he was just trafficking underage girls because of some sick
1: perversion. And he was living the high life.
0: By the way, can we talk about how, I don't know if Mm -hmm. bold is the right word you have to be to go have your picture taken in front of the White House when you're on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list? That's bold. I don't want to give Warren credit for many things. (coughs) But he was either really stupid or just really brave. I don't know what.
1: And it, it was probably a little bit of both. And really, and we'll thats like a get to like this Osama,
0: in that'd been like I That's like Osama Bin Laden flying into the U.S. Capitol so he could take one of those pictures where it looks like he's leaning on the Washington Monument.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you'll <laughs> flying on out. I, it's crazy. And the money, the money, the money it took for him to do that
0: we're going to talk about the money? Yes.
1: We're going we to talk about the... So Warren was able so- to live
0: this life because he was being bankrolled by the, the members of the church that were still living in Short Creek. But Warren's high life hit a snag when his brother, Seth, was transporting money when he was caught by the cops. And he was charged with aiding and abetting a fugitive. So the FLDS decided... Was- oh, we'll get there in just one second. Okay. So basically, Warren was, well, we'll just go ahead and say it, Warren was being given around $300,000 a week by the members of his congregation while he was running from the FBI. A week. $300,000 a week. A week.
1: A week. Stupid. Stupid money.
0: People back stupid in Short money. Creek were being told that the prophet said that God mandated that they tithe $1,000 a month or whatever to Warren. So he's pushing his the members of his congregation that aren't in Zion into debt as they're trying to, to come up with a thousand extra dollars a month to give to this dude so he can go to, to Vegas and buy Harley Davidson's.
1: All in the name of religion. And then when brother gets caught, you won't talk about aiding and embedding a fugitive.
0: Now it, this, is it, it, I, this is pretty ingenious. This is pretty ingenious. Oh, know, it's very
1: ingenious. But how many people truly were aiding and betting him because they would go to, like, I don't remember, it seemed like they mentioned, was it like Costco or Sam's Club or something? They would buy... Yeah, they'd uh, get
0: big old cans of of tomato sauce, like ones that you'd find in an industrial kitchen. Um, mm -hmm. Or empty, or open the cans, empty the tomato sauce, put thousands and thousands of dollars inside the cans, and then reseal it. So, if they were caught again, it just looked like they had a big can of tomato sauce.
1: Yeah, nothing to see here. Just tomato sauce. You know. Big spaghetti dinner.
0: But these people were going bankrupt, basically, and they were being told that their money was going to build Zion, but really it was being given to Warren so he could watch porn and gamble in Vegas. Also in short Greek, children were being taken from their parents and sent down to Zion. I'm talking kid kids. I'm not talking about underage wives at 14. I'm talking like toddlers being taken from their mothers and fathers and sent down to Texas to live on Warren's ranch. Why is that? Because little kids can be brainwashed really easily. <coughs> How do I know that? Because I've got a five-year-old. I brainwash him every day, Scott. I <laughs> him every day. <laughs> I do, and you did too when you were raising your kids. And if you got little kids right <laughs> now, and you say, "I don't brainwash my kids." You sure do. You sure
1: do. The the one the one lady. And when I mentioned this, you'll I can't remember her name. They they interviewed her and talked about her two girls that were leaving. She's the dark haired one that uh she was wears interviewed a good bit of them.
0: Animal Print. I wish I wrote yeah. down her name, but I don't.
1: Yeah. But what well, you had to have some emotion toward her though when she was talking about how they took her two kids.
0: Yeah, they said that she woke, woke up in the middle of the night, walked downstairs, some of her sister wives were packing their clothes up. <laughs> And uh, she knew that what was happening, and the kids thought that the mom was coming with them because she was up, and uh, of course she wasn't. And so she gave them hugs and kisses, and and sent them on the bus. And you say, how could a parent do this? Again, they truly wanted to please God and the Prophet, and they believed that mm-hmm. Warren Jeff was God's spokesman. Mm-hmm.
1: We we'll go to heaven. Do whatever you can to go to heaven.
0: August twenty eighth, two thousand and six. Outside of Las Vegas, Warren Jeff or Jeffs is arrested. The car he was in was pulled over for having obscured license plates. And Warren Jeffs was arrested in the backseat eating a salad. And I hope it was a real gross one. I hope it had like iceberg lettuce and too many purple radishes in it. I hope he choked on a crouton.
1: And I find that to be, it's it's irrelevant, but I find that to be an odd detail because it was kind of a fluke that got pulled over in the first place. They got, his brother was the one driving. They got, he, the, the officer got his driver's license. He goes, Jeff's, Jeff's, that sounds familiar. And then they go in to say, yeah, there was one in the back seat eating a salad.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: and it just, of all the details, he was eating a salad. Now I want to know what kind of dressing did he have on it?
0: He probably ranch man, French man. He's so evil I bet he he eats his salads dry. No no dressing.
1: Wouldn't surprise me.
0: But when the news broke, Elisa's heart sank because she knew what this meant. It was one thing to report what happened to the authorities because they were just building a case, but now that they had Warren in custody, she came to the realization that she was gonna have to face Warren Jeff's in court. Now you're thinking, well, thankfully this is over because we know he's been arrested, we know he's put into prison, we know that this is almost over. But when Warren was arrested, we're told that the dams broke and the severity and amount of his crimes came pulling out. And as Rebecca Wall says at the end of the episode, Warren was in prison, and I thought, okay, it's over. But it turned out it was only the tip of the iceberg. hmm What a... What is, uh, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this. (laughs) Hey, Scott, before we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Scott, before we go, why did the man convert to Mormonism? I, I don't know. Because he wanted to have his Kate and Edith, too.
1: listening to Watch It or Watch It. Your dad can be the my dad. (laughs)